Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Daily Devo. Patrick and Jamie here. We're excited that you are with us. Um, trying to be engaged in a time where being engaged is hard to do as far as face-to-face stuff. So we're going to come to you digitally through the podcast format and talking about scripture today. Now, Patrick has not told me what we're going to talk about, so I'm a little nervous. Patrick, what what's happening today? Uh, yeah, you know... I have been doing this series with the middle schoolers on known, most popular known Bible verses. Okay. And and so this is like the next one that I was going to do in the series. And I think it'd be fun to just get your thoughts and ideas. And so we're going to call this the, the seven days of Genesis one, seven days of Genesis one. All right. So we're starting at the very beginning, the very beginning. So I'm going to start us off. I'll read it. It says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning, the first day. So what do you think about the first day? Wow. What do I think about it? It's, uh, it's pretty impressive when we think about how long ago this was written and how long ago, uh, this, um, event happened, right. Of God creating the earth. And some people like to argue about, well, when was that? Was that 8,000 years ago? Was that 8 billion years ago? Was that 8 trillion years ago? Um, And again, I don't think the Bible actually really gives us a specific on it. It's telling us how this happened. What it does tell us, and something that I always like in verse 2. So verse 1 is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And and we usually skip over that because it's just like a famous verse. But there's something really important for us to remember that God is the one who created heaven, which is everything that's not earth, right? The skies. Um, and the earth where we're at now, right? That mm-hmm. it was God who created it. God didn't happen upon it. God didn't uh, borrow it. God, God, God didn't um, uh, win it in a bet with someone, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever won anything in a bet, by the way. No, just side note. Uh, God was the one who did the creating. And, and that's, that's an important thing to remember that God is, and, and a lot of times when we think about God, we think about God as the creator of all, that God is the one who created us, who created everything we see, who created everything that we can even, mm-hmm. um, we can even vi- envision. So God being the creator is something that I tend to like skip over at times and just yeah. kind of think, oh, well, let's look, let's get right down into it. What did he create? Why did he create it? Uh, is there something in that? And there is, it's all important stuff, but, but just the first phrase that in the beginning, God created. Um, and that's kind of interesting to think of God as like a creator. Yeah. Like the first thing we know about God is that God created. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that first little line too, in the beginning, God. And, um, it just like makes me remember that in the beginning, like God is the beginning of everything like from the beginning of the universe until now, it all began with God. Like every day, every major decision we have to make begins with God. Every action, conversation, dream, 
like triumph headache even you know it all begins with god yeah uh, yeah so that's why i really every time i read this i i i remember and get hung up on just those like first four words in the mm. beginning god um, yeah. it's not in the beginning me or in the hmm. beginning that's a good point like my education or my first breath or whatever yeah. In the beginning, AP tests. Yeah, it's not doesn't that. say it's that. Not that. Praise no. God, it doesn't say that. Yeah. All right. So, moving on, verse six. If you're following oh, along, oh man, you're going fast. We're marching through. Can <laughs> I point out one other thing before yeah, we get yeah. there? Okay. Go ahead. So it says verse two, right? It says the earth was formless and empty. Uh, I mean, the earth didn't have a shape, right? That's what formless means. There's no shape to it, uh, and we're like, well, we know the earth is spherical. Is that the right? Did I say that right? Spherical. I don't you mean flat? Oh, <laughs> we're going to have to have another conversation a little I'm bit totally later. Kidding. Okay, good. Um, yeah, uh, the earth is, uh, yes, it's a, a sphere, uh, a, a globe, or whatever you want to write. At least I have a globe at home, so it kind of shows the shape of the earth, sort of. Um, so, But at this point, it says the earth didn't have a form. There's no form to it. I have no idea what that looks like. Um, just like a messy blob, an amoeba of earth. I don't know. Mm. Uh, the earth was formless. And not only did it have no form, it was empty. There was nothing in it. So to me, that's like the ultimate nothing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, there was that movie from a long time ago called The NeverEnding Story. Anyone heard of it? No? I've Patrick never, never, heard, I've okay, never so heard of that. This is kind of old school. I'm 40 years old, and this was the first film that I ever watched on... Um, a VHS at home at someone's house. It was like, the year was like 1980 something. And um, <laughs> I went over to these people's house and they were like, they're ballers because they had a VHS player. And they popped in the never ending story. And the plot of the never ending story is there is a nothingness that is passing through this mythical land. And, and the answer is like, you don't, basically you just become nothing. It, like, it's like the Whoa. anti-creation, right? Yeah. It is blowing through. And uh, it's cool in this chapter that God is is the opposite of that, right? God is the one who's mm -hmm. giving, creating. He's not taking and wiping stuff out. He's doing completely the opposite. And that's, yeah. that's kind of a cool thing to see. The other thing, so it's formless and empty. And there's these two words that repeat, and we'll see them throughout this, this mm -hmm. verse that I want to pay attention to. And it's, it's God forms things, so he makes uh -huh. a shape for things, but then he also fills them. Hmm. So not only does God provide shape for the world and for creation and for us, but then he also fills it too, Got which it. is kind of cool. So it's like God makes the cup and then he fills it with water, um, which is kind of a neat thing that God is continually doing this. So, And even for me, like the word form, um, I feel like there's an emotional piece to that. You know, he didn't just make, you know, you make something and... It's not much, but you form something. There's like yeah. intentionality, love, maybe. I don't know. That word form just has an emotional piece. I'm picking up on an emotional piece. Yeah. I think artists really like this passage of scripture. And I don't consider myself an artist, but people I know who who, who make art, um, they're creators, right? They're creative. And, mm -hmm. and they like the idea that here's God who is... You know, when you do art, when you create something, you're putting something of yourself into the piece of art. At least really good artists, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and whatever they put in, it translates, it connects with people on a, on a certain level. And here God is being the ultimate artist, the yeah. ultimate creator. Um, 
which is which is cool. And again, we're like we're like verse one, Pat. I don't know how yeah, we're ever going to get through this. <laughs> Maybe we only talk about verse one. I don't know. We yeah, we'll we'll get as far as we can get. So um, we just talked about the earth being formless and empty, and and now the it continues saying darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And this is kind of a weird thought here, right? I think of like a UFO. Yeah, we got a little UFO action hovering, hovering, and it's the spirit of God that's hovering, um, which is a real interesting thing. I mean, when we think about God's spirit, it's really hard to like nail down exactly what that's like. When we talk about Jesus, we're like, Jesus was a man. We can see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have historical evidence of Jesus. There's all these quotes from Jesus. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's a little bit more ambiguous, a little bit harder to get a, a grasp of what that might even be. Uh-huh. Um, it's cool, though, that in the first few verses of the Bible here, we have... God, the creator, and the Holy Spirit is here too. Jesus is here too, and not in name necessarily, but we're going to get there, right? So, yeah. um, so we have the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. Uh, one other thing that, that some people point out to me that I think is kind of cool is, is when this was written, and a lot of times in literature in the past, the idea of the ocean or vastness of waters is, is kind of a, a concept that is connected to chaos, because, Pat, I know you spend some time in the ocean yeah, um, surfing and, and just being out there. And when you look out into a vast ocean and you don't see anything except, like, waves, maybe, like, little white caps because it's windy or whatever. Yeah. And, and you look and you see that. It's not necessarily – like, some people think that's peaceful. But if you're out there and there's no land, it's, like, terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, it's peaceful when you know, like, where your safety is. Yeah. But I've been out surfing before um, in France, and it, it's a crazy day, Whoa. and never surfed there before. There's no one else out, and I paddle out, and then boom, it's it's foggy, and I can't see the shore. I, I know where the shore is because I can tell which way the waves are going, but it's, there's a moment where you're like, am I you know, 100 feet out? Am I 1,000 feet out? Am I stuck in a rip current? So yeah, it's... When you don't know where the land is, where the safety is, it's it's scary. Yeah, yeah. And and we look at this verse and we realize, well, the earth is formless, it's empty, and it's dark. All there is is darkness, and the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters in darkness. Yeah. Now, that, that's not like a comforting, peaceful thought to me. That's a terrifying thought. And it's, and it's more darkness than any darkness that anyone, I think, has ever experienced ever. Because wow. it yeah. was before any light well like anything what's the darkest place you've ever been um i've been to one of the darkest places and that you can go to in the world actually whoa and i don't don't remember where i think it was up in northern california there's this cave that you can go in huh. and you, it's like crazy you have to clean your feet really well and you have to walk down this path that's really steep and inside the cave they take you into this chamber and it's the last chamber of the whole cave and they turn off all the lights and they say, this is like as dark as it can get on earth. Wow. And it's even crazier because they say they make you, everyone plug their nose before you walk out of the cave Hmm. because inside the cave, there's no smell. It's like the one of the only places where there's no, you can't, there's no smell at all. 
Wow. And when you walk out, you release your nose, you get this overwhelming sense of smell for just a split second. It's crazy. But that cave is definitely like you can have your hand, you know, almost touching your nose or even touching your nose and you wouldn't be able to see your hand. But in this passage, I think it was even darker than that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. What does that even look like? I have no idea. I, too, have been in a cave. It was a lava tube, uh, which is outside of Bend, Oregon. And um, they tell you, they're like, okay, yeah, you just, you know, it's, it's kind of cold in there. It's like in the 40s. You just need like a jacket and a flashlight. And if you have a jacket and a flashlight, you're good. So we hiked like a mile into this cave or a little bit further. And um, I thought like, oh, yeah, it's always good to have a flashlight. I've been out camping and it's good to have a light because with a light you can see. But usually you can turn that flashlight off. And if there's some kind of moonlight out that night or something, you can, you can get around. You can kind of see. You can kind of figure out where you are. It's nice to have a real flashlight. But in this tube, in this lava tube we were in, if you turn your flashlight off and the people next to you turn their flashlight off, you're lost. You don't know. Like you said, you can't see your hand in front of your face. You don't, can't see your next step. You, you are You don't done even want to move. You no. just exactly. scared to move. Exactly. So, <clears throat> so I've... Um, you know, looking at this, that there was that much darkness. And then verse three, God said, let there be light. Now, now here's a a big thing too. the God and God said part is a big deal. When God creates things, he speaks them into creation, right? Mm -hmm. When God speaks, when God creates something, he uses his voice. Now I know people have powerful voices, folks who can say, um, you know, tell a crowd of people to stop and they'll stop just by the power of their own voice, right? <laughs> or people who can uh, who can yell real loud and get what they want because they have a powerful voice. But I've never seen anyone be able to use their voice to create something out of nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of next level. Um, yeah. Let there be light. Um, and is what that's God a big said. deal. That's kind of a big deal. Now, I'm not a physicist. I don't even really understand all this crazy physics stuff going on. But light is kind of a unique thing, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you get Einstein in there, theory of relativity, light's involved in that. You know, talk to your favorite physicist who will let you know how that stuff works out. You know, general relativity and, and um, all of this just crazy, crazy stuff that's going on. We're just figuring it out in the last hundred years or so. You, you're you like beyond me. Light is like turn the light switch on. Yeah, <laughs> there's that, you know, there's that. But then you're like, well, what exactly is that light? Um, and, you know, it's a whole bunch of crazy stuff when it comes to, to light. Um, and that's the first thing that God creates, right? Now, mm. Jesus was called the light of the world. We hear that later in scripture. Yeah. Um, and Jesus then also calls us to be lights, um, to let the light shine. And uh, he tells that to his people, that we need to let the light shine, that people would see our good deeds and, and praise God because of it, mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool idea, yeah. um, that we can have access to that light, that we can be reflections of that light. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I kind of like about this is... Um, back to verse two again, the darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God stopping on spirit of God. It's like the same spirit of God that was breathed into Hmm. Adam and Eve Hmm. and us. Yes. Like we have everyone, we all have a direct connection back to this like dark and formless and empty, um, nothing. 
Yeah. Like the spirit of God was there and we have a connection to that. Yeah. Um, that's like, uh, that's humbling for me to know, you know, it's yeah, for like sure. we all are from the same spirit of God. And how about this too, that the spirit of God can exist even in darkness. Yeah. And sometimes we see how there's such an opposite na- nature of darkness and light. Um, the light shines in the darkness, right? It says the darkness has not understood it or it has not overcome that, which is a good a good passage and a great thing to know. I think sometimes we forget, though, that God's spirit was there and hovering and mm-hmm. active even before uh, light was created, um, which is a pretty pretty cool idea. Uh, sometimes we think, well, God's spirit can't be in this place or God's spirit can't be around uh, a, a place in our life that maybe there's darkness, there's, there's stuff that's not good. Yeah. You know, what happens when a friend gets cancer? You're like, this is darkness. God's spirit can't be in here. Or, or what happens when, uh, my mom and dad are getting a divorce. This feels like darkness. God's spirit can't be here. Or, right. or if I go into a certain neighborhood or hang out with a certain group of friends that are doing some things that maybe are, are pretty dark and not good. Uh, and we think, oh man, this is dark. God's spirit can't be here. Well, guess what? God's spirit can be everywhere. Yeah. Right? God's spirit initially was hovering over the surface of the deep. God's spirit can uh, permeate anyone, anything, anywhere. Yeah. And we see that from the very beginning that God's spirit is hovering over the surface of the water. Um, and I like the idea of hovering. Hovering is like flying with is a ton of control. And also being able to just be at peace in one place is what yeah. hovering sounds like to me. I, I know a lot of kids probably think that their parents hover and it's <laughs> yes, like right. a negative thing, you yes. know, but you know, um, Christ is hovering over us hmm. and that's like, I, I think everyone would, would agree. That's a good thing. Yeah. So it is a good thing. So God in verse three says that there should be light, right? Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good in verse four and he separated light from darkness. So God makes that separation. He calls the light day and the darkness he called night, which is kind of a cool thing. Not only did God make it, he uh, separated it as a unique thing, which is forming it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he pronounces it good. He even names it too, which is like kind of a good deal, right? Yeah. That he, he, um, he names the thing, right? And, and so we'll see later on, I think in that, uh, Adam, the story of Adam and Eve, his job was to name the animals. He was kind of got to be a part of this creation story. Mm. Uh, in this, we see God is naming all of the things. So later on, Adam is going to get to have a, a little bit of a role in that too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what you're just saying about, you know, maybe parents getting divorced that like is kind of dark or, you know, parent has cancer, friend has cancer, you know, God in this scripture says that he saw the light was good, but he doesn't acknowledge that the darkness is good. So maybe God is kind of saying, you know, he's in the darkness too. Um, and we need to remember that the darkness is not no God, the darkness and God probably, I think is kind of saying, you know, the darkness Dark times of your life are going to be hard and they're yep. not going to be great, but he's still there. This shows that he's still there yep. and he's able to name it. It's like, yeah, the night in your life is, yeah. is not. Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. Sometimes we just think like, 
you know, oh, we don't want to judge anyone or anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> People, that's like a big thing, man. Don't be judgy. Don't be judgy. And and that's that's a good. There's a good heart behind that for sure. But here we see God, who is the judge. God's allowed to judge all God wants because that's God. Um, yeah. Uh, that's pretty clear too in the Bible. But um, God does pronounce that light is good, and He does separate something that's good from from darkness. Right? He makes that separation, mm-hmm. and that's okay. It's okay that God does that. Yeah. Um, so I don't want anyone to think out there that when you're going through a hard time, divorce, cancer, sickness, uh, bad friendship rela- uh, relationships, all of that stuff, that God is saying, oh, no, no, I made it, so it'll be good. No, no. There's things that are bad for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and But like to your point, Pat, God's still there. It doesn't yeah. mean that God is completely left. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a, it seems like, the whole world is kind of all processing some form of a darkness together right now with the coronavirus stuff going around. Uh, we're going to talk about this on our upcoming podcast episode um, that we're going to record later today. And we're going to talk about fear, darkness, uh, what people are worried about, but also like find the hope in this whole story that the whole world is kind of like a part of right now. That's right. We're, yeah. So, uh, be sure to listen to that. Absolutely. Know, and again, right after if, this, if you have any questions, want to talk about Genesis 1 or any other Bible things or life things, feel free to contact Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at solanapress.org or Patrick at solanapress.org. Or you can email our other co-host, uh, Chris, and that's chris at one-youth.com. All right, blessings to everyone out there. And remember, even when you're in darkness, God can be with you.